the Valley of Blessing, and we've been talking about rejoicing, and uh, started last week, uh, last Sunday, talking about um, one of the responsibilities that we have. We talked about, already talked about relying on the Lord and, and, and believing and trusting and all the things that we, um, we need to do, um, part of our responsibility. But then we started talking about rejoicing in the Lord as a part of our responsibility as well. And uh, God's people, uh, God's people ought, to, ought to rejoice. We ought to, be a, we ought to be a joyful people. We ought to be a, a happy people of what God has done for us and what God continues to do for us and what God will do for us uh, in the future. And um, it is, uh, you know, such a, uh, a, such a blessing to know that, that, we are, that we are blessed. And it's an even bigger blessing when we... Um, when we recognize that and when we see that for ourselves. And sometimes I think we forget. Sometimes I think that um, we get our eyes focused somewhere else. And when we get our eyes focused somewhere else, we often give away our joy uh, and we end up losing that joy. Praise the Lord, we can't lose our salvation. I'm glad, I'm glad about that and Scripture's clear on that. But we can lose, uh, we can lose joy. And uh, matter of fact, uh, uh, the Bible says, uh, David said, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Now, again, we can't lose the salvation, but we can lose the joy of it. Uh, and uh, that rejoicing, you see, the scripture says to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And, and no matter what happens, you know, that, that's what that word always means. It means in, in every circumstance, in, in every situation, in in every aspect of life, no matter where you are, no matter what your health looks like, it doesn't matter what your bank account looks like, it doesn't matter what your relationships look like, uh, the Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. And the reason the Bible says that is because uh, when we rejoice in the Lord, our perspective is right. When we rejoice in the Lord, we're rejoicing not in our circumstances, but we're rejoicing in the Lord. When we rejoice in the Lord, we're not rejoicing in a in a uh, in a relationship or in a bank account or uh, in our health or whatever it might be we're not rejoicing in those things the bible says rejoice in the lord always and again i say rejoice and so when we think about him what is that it's perspective you see when things are going bad i've stopped saying listen to me if you say it stop saying it Things couldn't possibly get worse. Stop saying that. Because they just keep getting worse and worse and worse. I mean, you just, comp- just continue to shake your head and think to yourself, uh, I don't know if you've thought this way, but I've thought this way. Say, okay, even so come Lord Jesus. I mean, oh, wait, what, I mean I don't, I'm, you, ever, you ever said to the Lord, Lord, I'm not sure what you're waiting on. You know, you're, you're sovereign and I know you know better than I do and, and your ways are better than my ways and your timing is better than my timing, but my goodness, things are waxing worse and worse in our world today. And if you have your rejoicing, if you have your joy, and you have your happiness in this world, then it's debunk. It's gone. You might as well forget it. I mean, if your rejoicing has anything to do with the media, there's, there's no reason to rejoice. 
If your rejoicing has anything to do with the things of this world, then you have no reason to rejoice. Have you ever put your faith in a person, trusted them, a person of integrity, a person of character, a person where you could shake their hand and about guarantee that they're going to come through with what they said they're going to come through? I mean, there are people in this world, there's still people in this world that are like that. I think they're a lot fewer and far between, but there are people in this world. But have you ever done that and then that person failed you? You, you place your trust in that person and you really felt like that person was a, a person of integrity and just as soon as you turned your back, I mean, you're, you're trying to reach the dagger that's sticking out of your back because they stabbed you. Ever had that? Most of us have probably had that happen to us a time or two because I want you to know something. You, you can't always place your faith in people because people are flawed. Have you ever said this before? I, I mean, I, I've, I've said it a million times. What in the world makes people tick? Why would he do such a thing? Why would she say such a thing? I don't have social media. I don't have Facebook, Instagram, twi- Twitter. I don't have any of those. I'd be in, I'd be in jail and all those things anyways. I would be, you know, they, would, they would put me in Facebook jail. So I, I don't have any of those things. But every once in a while, somebody will tell me something that's on Facebook. And I'll think to myself, why in the world would that person put that on Facebook? Why would she say that? Why would he do that? Why are people people? And I'm here to tell you, people are people because of our sin nature. People do unkind things because of our sin nature. People do dumb things because of our sin nature. You see, what's not being taught anymore, what's being taught in our world today is that we're all just good people. I mean, bottom line, at the core, she's just a good old girl. I mean, at the core, I mean, I mean, if you just look at his heart, he's a good man. That is unbiblical. You understand? It's, some of you are looking at me starry-eyed, but I'm telling you, it's not biblical. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not even one. At our hearts, you know what our hearts are? The Bible tells us what our hearts are. Above all things, desperately wicked. That's what our hearts are. You know what Isaiah says about your righteousness? Your righteousness is not your worst. Your righteousness is your best, right? Your righteousness is filthy rags. Filthy rags. By the way, it's understood in that passage that those filthy rags are, are leper rags. The rags that they would place on their skin and, 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 and then have to peel it off and the skin and the pus and the blood and the nastiness would come off with it. That's your best. Amen. Oh, I'm telling you, you don't hear that no more. Amen. Because we want to talk about what good people we are. But I'm telling you, by nature, we are sinners. So what is that saying? That's saying that we need somebody to intervene. We need a go-between. Because your righteousness can't get you to heaven. Your good works cannot get you to heaven. So we have to have a go-between. 
Who is that go-between? There's a mediator, and there's only one mediator between God and man. It's the man, Christ Jesus. So Jesus is the propitiation. Jesus is the Redeemer. Jesus is the one that connects us back to God. He's the only one. Baptism can't do it. Church membership can't do it. Uh, uh, Being a good person can't do it. Being confirmed can't do it. None of those things can do it. What do we have to have? A relationship with Jesus Christ. And see, those of us that have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and I know many of your testimonies in here this morning, so I know you have that relationship with Jesus Christ. Here's our problem. Stop being focused on the world and get focused on your relationship. And when you get your life focused on the relationship, you can rejoice. You can, you can smile. You can have joy in your heart. I mean, you can have joy in your life when everything else is falling apart. We don't have to be depressed. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to live in some of these emotions that happen in our life. We can place our faith and our trust. Now, we do that for salvation, right? Salvation is all about placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. That's what salvation's about. And, and, and He saves us. But that's only the beginning of faith and trust. You see, faith and trust doesn't end at salvation. Faith and trust begins at salvation. And if faith and trust begins at salvation, let me tell you what, what Christ wants. He wants us to continue to place our faith and trust in Him. Not continue to place our faith and trust in Him as in for salvation. You place your faith in Christ and He secures you. You're saved forever because of Him, not because of you. Our faith might waver, our faith might lack. God's grace never does. God's mercy never does. So it's, it's salvation is based on being in the hand of Christ. And the Bible says that no man can pluck you out of His hand. Okay, so we're saved forever. But, you know... The scripture says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so what does God want us to do? He wants us to build our faith. He wants us to build our trust. In my misspent youth, I remember my dad telling me, when I, uh, when I you know, messed up real bad, I remember my dad telling me, he said, uh, he said you blew it. No, my, 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 my dad, I mean, she was straightforward with me. He said, let me tell you something, you blew it, and it's going to take a long time for you to build that back up. A long time. You see, building a testimony takes time, doesn't it? I mean, building character, it takes time. It, you know, character and integrity is something that we ought to be proud of. It's something that we ought to strive for it ought to be something that we want people to look at us and say, hey, listen, I'm a man of integrity. I'm a man of character. I'm a man of truth. And it takes time. You can't just go into a place and say, listen to me, you need to respect me. Now listen, you may be an employer and you may require somebody to call you a sir or call you... That doesn't mean they respect you. It takes time to earn respect. It takes time to build character. It takes time to build integrity. But guess what? One mistake. Boom. I mean, it crumbles down with just one mistake. 
And if we're not careful, we'll live in that mistake and we won't try to build it. I remember my dad looking at me and saying to me, uh, he said, now it's going to take you a while to build this back. And I said, yes, sir. I'm telling you, I'm talking about years to build that back. I believe now that I've built it back to, to the point, <clears throat> obviously now, where my dad looks at me in a different way than he looked at me when I was, a, when I was an older teenager. But I'm going to tell you something. It took time. It took time to build up that uh, character. It took time to build back that trust. Uh, and I'm telling you, if we're not careful, our trust will wane. Our trust will go by the wayside. And we'll begin trusting in things. And we'll begin trusting in people. Let me tell you, let me tell you what, you're, what you're guaranteed out of people. Just about anymore. They're going to cheat. They're going to lie. Now, I'm not saying all people are like this. That's not, what I'm, that's not my point. But you want to know what my point is? All people can be like that. Well, not me, preacher. Oh, yes, you. But for the grace of God. And sometimes we've got to get to the point. We had a great conversation. We, <clears throat> my wife and I went and met one of her cousins that, my goodness, we hadn't seen in, 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 in 20 plus years. And uh, met with him down in Darien. We got to... We got, to, we got to talk in, and man, we just had a great conversation with him, got caught up on some things, and, and he made a statement. I just absolutely, it just, it just kind of blew my mind. And he made this statement. He said, you know, I, I've really been looking at life through the years in the wrong way. I've been hurt here, and I've been hurt here, and I've been damaged here, and I've, and I've done this. And I've, He said, but here lately, I've, got, I've been getting a new perspective. He said, here lately, I'm realizing that I'm pretty blessed. And I thought, wow, what did God that we all would get that, come to that same conclusion? That, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying that your problems, and I'm not saying that your circumstances aren't bad. And I'm not saying they're not rough. And I'm not saying what you went through wasn't tough, but I'm telling you, I can say with authority that God is bigger. God is bigger than what you're going through right now. And I don't even know what you're going through. I just know this. I know God is bigger. You see, I know that God is bigger than the coronavirus. I know God is bigger than the government. I know God is bigger than the president. I know God is bigger than all the junk that's going on in our world today. I know God is bigger than that. And I know that God is on the throne. And with that knowledge comes rejoicing. And I'm telling you, sometimes, I'm telling you, the best of us, with the best of trust and the best of faith and the, and the best of spirituality, if we're not careful, we will, we will sail away in the wrong direction. It's easy. It's easy to do. It's easy to get your brain wrapped around the wrong things. It's easy to read the wrong things. I've got a preacher uh, that I know who, I'm telling you, he read one book. One book. I have it in my bookshelf. I disagree with probably three quarters of the book. But it's about a subject that I needed to know about, so I got the book. It's about that thick. He changed his entire ministry over one book. 
I'm here to tell you, folks, there are things in this world that can influence you for good, and there are things in this world that can influence you for bad. And if you're not careful, I'm, I'm telling you, if you're not careful, if you're not discerning, do you know God wants us to have a discerning spirit? He wants us to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So we got to be smart. You know, we talk about, well, you know, I'm not worried about this because I have faith and I'll just... Well, listen to me. There's a fine line. You ever heard this statement? There's a fine line between faith and foolishness. Fine line between faith and foolishness. I have faith in God, but I'm not going to jump out of a, a, an airplane without a parachute. So I'm, just not, I'm not going to do it. Why? Because... You, know, you can pray all you want to all the way, all the way down. Now, as, as people survived, yeah, their shoot didn't open and it was you know, one in a billion chance. But we don't, put, we don't test God like that by, by jumping out of an airplane. So what, what am I saying? I'm saying that God has given us a brain. Given us the, the capability of thinking. And we ought to use that brain to think and to discern. And if you can't discern, then turn the television off. If you can't discern, then put the book down. Because I'm telling you, they'll influence you in the wrong direction if you're not careful. And so, have a discerning spirit and realize that when a liar is lying, when a person is lying, I'm here to tell you, in politics, the only time they're lying is when they open their mouth. Lies, 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 lies. The media lies, 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 lies. Who knows who's telling the truth? I know who's telling the truth. God's telling the truth. And I can go to God's Word and I can know for sure this is what God has to say. And it's a fact. And so, don't lose your rejoicing. Rejoice in God's provision. We talked about that last week. Uh, Number two, I want to look at Psalm 95. Alright, we're going to get in the message now. Psalm 95. Verse number one. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. Let's come, in, let's come before His presence with singing, with rejoicing, with praises. You see... We can, we can rejoice in His provision, but then number two, we can rejoice in His presence. We get to enjoy the presence of God in our lives. I can't imagine facing this world alone. I can't imagine facing the problems of this world alone. I'm glad I have somebody to turn to. I'm glad I have people in my life that love me. And I have, I'm glad I have people in my life who that are non-judgmental, that love me. You see, it's an interesting thing. People are interesting, aren't they? I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the guy, I'm the people watcher guy. I, I like to watch people. I like to, I like to see how people interact with other people. I like to see how they talk with one another. I, I just, I just love, I'm, I'm the listener. I'm the guy in the corner that's listening to your conversation, okay? So I'm that guy. I just, I, I, I try not to, but it just happens. And so, especially if you start talking about the Bible, do, 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 do. you know, I've got real good hearing. And I, I was like, wait, I want to go over and pull up a chair. 
Say, let me tell you something. Everything he's telling you is not right. And I want to, you know, sometimes I want to, but I watch people. I watch them. Sometimes Wendy will go into a store and I'll sit in the car and I'll watch people. I'm here to tell you, there's some crazy people in parking lots. Crazy people in parking lots. I mean, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to embarrass, embarrass Evan just, just for a second. So I was at Kroger several times. I've been at Kroger. And, and, uh, and he's, I mean, he works there, and, and he's out there, and he's just always got a smile on his face, and, and he's working. I mean, uh, it blows my mind. But he's working. I mean, because you know, he's at work. And he's working. He's, he's moving the you know, carts, and he's bringing them in. And he you know, stops and talks to me if he sees me. And the other day I was there. I didn't get a chance to tell you. There's three kids. All work for Kroger. And they're out there in the parking lot. I mean, they're pushing the carts at each other and laughing and playing around. And I, I think one of they each had one cart. You know, they're supposed to be bringing the cart up. And, and they're talking out there. And I think one of them was smoking. And they're, I mean, they're just absolutely doing absolutely nothing. And I'm thinking to myself, I know you work for Kroger because you says you work for Kroger and but you're not, actually, you're not actually doing anything. You know, we're living in a world today where nobody wants to do anything. Nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to, nobody wants to accomplish anything. Everybody wants what everybody else has. Stick around. It won't be long before the government gives it to them. But there's a, there's a, you know, that's, what, that's the world we're living in today. We're living in a strange, unusual world. And when you look out at people, and you see how people act. You wonder to yourself, you scratch your head and you think to yourself, why in the world would she do that? Why in the world would he do that? I don't know, you may not be like me, but I make up a story. I mean, I, I just make up who that person is, what their home life is. and I just, just, just me. I don't say that to nobody else. I just make it all up and think to myself, this person must be da 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 You know, sometimes we judge people. Don't we? We look at somebody and we have their life figured out. We've never met them. We never spoke to them. But we have their life figured out. You know why we judge people? We judge people because of their actions. Often. We judge people because of their actions. And I want you to know something when it comes to salvation. You know, the Bible says, people are really quick to say this. Well, you can't tell when somebody's are saved or not because it's a heart issue. You're right. You can't. But you know what? Usually people that say that are people usually that are living in the world and saying that they're saved. Here's the problem with that. The only way that I can tell if you're saved is two. Number one, you tell me. And number two, you show me. You see, we know people by their fruits. That's what the scripture says. And if, if I walk by your life and you have oranges hanging all over you, I mean, they're in your hair, they're hanging off your arms, I mean, they're in your pockets, they're all over you, I'm not going to go by your life and say, my goodness, look at that apple tree. No, you don't understand. You don't understand, preacher. I'm an apple tree. No, no, no. All your fruit is oranges. How in the world could you possibly be an apple tree? It's not possible. Because you're 
you, you got oranges. Your fruit shows. But no, 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 preacher, I'm an apple tree. That's Christianity today. Let me tell you something. I'm a Christian. Now, I live like the world. I look like the world. I talk like the world. And I act like the world. But I'm a Christian. And you see, the first mechanism, let me tell you what the first defense mechanism is. Here it is. You, can, you don't know my heart. And they're right. Because I can't see the heart. But I can see the fruit. And, and I'm going to tell you something about fruit. It doesn't lie. Fruit doesn't lie. And so we've got to understand that the, the rejoicing that we can have is our rejoicing that is in Christ. Christ is our rejoicing. And so if you are saved and you're living in the world, guess what you're not going to have? You're not going to have rejoicing. You're not going to have joy. You want to know why? Because you're going to be miserable. Because you're living the way you shouldn't be living. And what do we need to do? We need to get back to where we're supposed to be for the Lord. And then we know what rejoicing is. Put a smile on your face. Praise God outside of the four walls of this building. Rejoice in the Lord always. The Scripture says, and again I say rejoice. We can rejoice in His presence. In God's presence. Listen, in God's presence, we are saved. In God's presence, we are saved. Saved from what? We're saved from the penalty of sin. We are saved from the penalty of sin. You see, this is another thing that's not popular. But, if you die in your sins, you will die and go to hell. That, that's, that's, that's Bible. If you die without Christ, you die without hope. If you die without Christ, you die without heaven. That's the bottom line. There's no second chance when you get to heaven. There's no rewind. There's no reincarnation. None of those things exist. You get one shot at it, and it's in this life. Today is the day of salvation. The Bible says now is the acceptable time. Amen. So when you get saved, and when you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, let me tell you what happens. We get saved from the very penalty of sin. The penalty of sin is taken away. Jesus Christ became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. You see, it's God's righteousness, it's Christ's righteousness that's imputed to our account. That's why we're going to heaven. We're not going to heaven because God sees you and says, man, he's a good guy. Boy, she's just a saint. No, God doesn't see you. God sees Jesus in you. See the difference? And that righteousness he sees is not your righteousness, but the righteousness of Jesus Christ that was put on your account when you got saved. So see, God, in His presence, we're saved from the very penalty of sin. We no longer have to go to hell. Now we get to go to heaven to be with Christ forever and forever. In His presence, that is provided, Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. He, he has saved us from the penalty of sin. He has saved us from the power of sin. From the power of sin. Romans chapter 6. I, I, you know, go over there with me real quick. I, if, if, if you've never read Romans 6, I challenge you. I mean, you talk about a doctrinal thesis. That's what Romans would be. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 1, it says, What shall we say then? 
Question mark. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? I want you to know something about that. It's called a rhetorical question. It's a question that, that's, that's more of a statement than it is a question. However, Paul answers the question that he asks. He says, God forbid. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? God has delivered you from the penalty of sin, but He's also delivered you from the very power of sin. Sin no longer reigns over you. Christ reigns over you. That's why we say when it comes to demon possession, a a Christian, a born-again child of God, can never be demon-possessed. He can't be demon-possessed because he's already filled with the Spirit of God. He can be oppressed. He cannot be, he cannot be possessed. It's why? Because the Holy Spirit's already living inside of us. And so God has given us the ability not to sin. Do you get that? We're all sinners, right? I mean, I, hopefully we all in here understand that. We all have sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Either God's word's true or it's not. So we're all sinners. And we're all sinners by nature and we're all sinners by commission. So there's nobody in here that says, well, you know, I was, I'm a sinner because of Adam, but, but I've never sinned. No, there's not a person in here that's, that, that's like that, okay? We've all sinned. We've all committed sin. But let me tell you something. As a lost person, let's, let's make this real easy. As a lost person, what do you do? You sin. That's, that's what's... That's what sinners do. I say this all the time. What does a dog do? It barks. What does a cat do? It meows. You don't walk up to a cat and pet it and it starts barking at you. If it does, that's a pretty unusual thing, right? What does it do? It begins to purr or meow. That's because that's what a cat does. That's what a dog does. A sinner sins. Now that we're saved, now that we've trusted Christ as our Savior, We are now saved from the penalty of sin, but now we have the ability not to sin. Now, that doesn't mean we don't ever sin again, right? How many people in here are saved? All right, I'm taking down the ones that didn't raise their hand, and we're going to have a conversation, okay? Okay, so out of those that raised their hand, how many of you, after you got saved, sinned? The rest of you are sinning right now. Because we do, right? Because there's a difference between, there's a difference between um, uh, um, our our righteousness in Jesus Christ. uh, uh, Practically, we fail. Practically, we trip up. Practically, we say things we wish we hadn't said. We do things we wish we hadn't done. Now, the Holy Spirit inside of us is saying, well, wait a minute, don't say that, and we ignore them and say it anyways. And then the Holy Spirit convicts us, right? If you, don't have, if you have no conviction and you can do whatever you want to do, you need to get saved. Because the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, that's one of His main jobs, one of His main duties is to convict us and guide us in truth. And that's... That's what we need to do. We need to be guided in the truth of God. But now that I'm saved, 
Now God has given me the ability to choose to sin or not to sin. Right? I didn't have that choice before. As a sinner, I had to choose to sin or sin. Now that I'm saved, I can choose not to sin. I can choose to be righteous. I can choose to be holy. I can choose to make the right decision. I can choose to be kind. I can choose to be forgiving. I can choose to have mercy. I can choose that now. But I can't choose that in my power. Because in my power, I can do nothing. But in Christ, who gives us the power and the ability to be kind and to be merciful and to be forgiving. Do you know how hard it is to forgive? I bet you do. I bet some of us still struggle with it. What she said, what he did, it's hard. It's hard to look at somebody. It's hard to look at somebody in the face. And don't, don't talk to me about it. I'm a preacher. i got to deal with it all the time. And I always have to forgive. I mean, you can say whatever you want to me, do whatever you want to me, and I automatically have to forgive because I'm a preacher. I, don't, you know, I put my pants on differently than you do. But I'm here to tell you, it's hard to look at somebody in the face who has done you wrong. That's hard. It's hard for you look at somebody in the face who has talked behind your back, who has called you names. We've all faced it. But let me tell you something. It's not about your power. It's not about my power. It's about the presence of God. It's about the power of Jesus Christ. It's about the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. That's how you can look at somebody and shake their hand and tell them you forgive them. That's how you can have a conversation or even have a relationship with somebody that... Now, I'm not saying you have to have lunch with them. I'm not saying you have to invite them over to your house. I'm not saying that you're, you have to loan them money. But I am saying that God says that we're to forgive. Matter of fact, the Bible says that we're to forgive 70 times 7. Quick back, folks. That's 490 times. I'm here to tell you, that's 490 times... On the same offense. So he did this to you. That's you're gonna forgive him 490 times on that. Well, he forget he did this to me too. No, 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 no. That's a separate account. That's also 490 times. But God never told us to tally. Let me tell you something, buddy. You're at 470, so you better be careful. What was his point? His point was we have an attitude of forgiveness. Do you know why? Because you've offended God. You've offended Him on more than one occasion. And God has forgiven us. And as God has forgiven us, the Scripture says, we're to forgive one another. But we can only do that with the presence of God. Do you understand that? We don't have the power to do that ourselves. We can only do that through the presence of God in our lives. And He gives us that power. And then uh, His presence uh, uh, saved us from the penalty of sin and from the power of sin. And then I like this one. One day, His presence will save us from the very presence of sin. People do ugly things. People say hurtful things. You don't just see it in church or just in families. You see it around the world. The things that people do, 
I mean, people are depraved, folks. And you feel sorry for them, and, and you wonder why in the world would you act that way? Why in the world would you do such a hurtful and mean thing to other people? Ever do your research? You ever, you ever, you ever look at history? It's absolutely mind-boggling what people have done to people. What people have done to people because of the color of their skin. What people have done to people because of what they thought their mental capacity was. What people done to other people because they thought that they were better than them. It's absolutely mind-boggling. If you actually look at history and see how people have treated other people, I'm here to tell you one day we'll never have to face that again. Because there won't be any sin. You see, when we're absent from this body and we're present with the Lord, we're going to be with the Lord forever and forever, and we're going to be in a perfect environment. Now, I'm here to tell you, I have a hard time understanding what that means. Because I'm not perfect. I have a hard time understanding what that means because you're not perfect. And we deal with the best of people they are still flawed. Can you imagine always saying the right thing? I mean, without even thinking about it. you imagine always doing the right thing without even thinking about it? You just do it. Why? Because you are righteous and you are perfect. And you're just like Jesus. Can you imagine that? What a day that's going to be. When we are saved from the very presence of sin. You see, there'll be no more Satan. The Bible says that he's going to be cast in a lake of fire. And he'll be there in torments forever and forever and forever. Never to accuse the brethren again. Never to use people to hurt people again. It would be one thing. Listen, it would be one thing if, you know, strangers hurt you. It's damaging when friends and family hurt you. That hurts. And it cuts deep. Boy, it's a wound that you keep for, for a very, very long time. And I'm, and I'm telling you, even through those things, we can rejoice because we have the presence of God and that presence one day, now right now, the penalty and power, but one day will deliver us from the very presence of sin. And we'll, I promise you, you don't rejoice now, you'll be rejoicing then. They'll be singing and they'll be praising and they'll be honoring His name. We won't be, listen, we won't be studying angels and, 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 and worshiping angels and worshiping man. Let me tell you something. We're going to have a laser focus. And that laser focus will be on Jesus Christ. And we'll be praising and honoring Him and we'll all be in a heavenly choir and we'll all be singing. I don't know what it all entails, but I know this. We're going to be making a joyful noise to the Lord. And it's going to be a sweet-smelling sacrifice to the Lord. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have to wait till you get to heaven. You can rejoice right now. You can rejoice in what's going to be. You can rejoice in what God has blessed you with. You can rejoice. You know what often I rejoice at? Let me tell you what I often rejoice at. I often rejoice when I look back and think, I'm glad I'm not there anymore. I'm glad I'm not that guy anymore. I get into circumstances and I get into situations and I think to myself, 
not only am I glad, but I'm telling you my family's glad. The people around me, they ought to be glad. That I am not the man that I used to be. God has delivered me from that. The other day I popped open my yearbook. Still have it. I was looking through my yearbook and I thought to myself, man, I was young. <laughs> and I started looking at some of these other guys. Some of these other girls. And I started thinking about where they are today. And I'm tell you, let me tell you what I did. I started rejoicing. I rejoice in that God has brought me to this point in my life. God has blessed me with a, with a great wife. God has blessed me with great children. God has blessed me with a great church. I mean, God has blessed me with friends, mentors, all the things. See, sometimes we forget those things because our focus is in the wrong place. Get your focus back where it needs to be, and you'll have reason for all eternity to rejoice. And it'll put a smile on your face as you think about how God has been good to you. Here's our problem. It's one of our problems. We've got our focus on people. and we get our focus on people, this is what we do. Man, I'll tell you right now. Reese Brower's got a better car than I do. Now, I don't know that. I'm just picked on Reese because I saw him. But so-and-so's got a nicer house. Man, my tools used to be new. I, this, this, and by the way, every time you buy something, it ends up getting old. Did you ever catch that? You ever notice that? Brother Scott's building me a, a Bible case to store all my Bibles. I'm a Bible collector. I love, I love Bibles. So, but unfortunately, by the time he gets it done, I'm going to need another one. I mean... I love buying Bibles. If I find them used, if I, I get, sometimes I get them rebound and I want to display them all. But guess what happens? The excitement of that new Bible, it wanes. I'm not talking about the Bible, the inside of the Bible. Okay? I've got my Bibles that I study and I've got my Bibles that I read. These are just, I just collect these. The outside and how they look and how they feel. And I'm weird, okay? I like the spine hubs and I like the edge lining. I love all those things. And so I, I love to display. But when I get one, I'm telling you, I geek out over it. I, I, I'm, the, I'm the smeller. I smell the leather. I mean, I open it up. I look at the edge line. I look at the paper. I see how opaque it is. I, I look at the spine hubs. If it's full yap or if it doesn't have a yap at all, what kind of leather it is. I mean, I love it. And then I'm looking for the next one. Because that one is, well, several days old now, you know. Put it up, put it in its box, put it in its place. Then I'm looking for the next one. Isn't that what life is? You're always looking for the next one. You're always looking for something better. You're always looking for the upgrade. You're always looking for buy a computer, buy a phone, buy any electronic. By the time you get it home, they came out with the next one already. It's absolutely unbelievable. Somebody told me they're coming out with the iPhone, I think, 13? Yeah. Something like that. I'm thinking to myself, do what? I thought I had a, newer, a newer, newer phone. I got it because it was buy one, get one. I got the one. I think it's a 10. Some of y'all are like, yeah, yeah, I got like the 6. But let me tell you, that fast, that fast, that fast. 
And if you're finding your satisfaction and you're finding your rejoicing in the things of this world, it's gone. Buy it, it's gone. Have a relationship, it's gone. Have money in the bank, it's gone. Have your health, it's gone. Isn't that how it works? Absolutely how it works. And the older you get, somebody told me this when I was a young, young person, the older you get, the faster it goes. Knock it off. No, it doesn't. Doesn't James tell us that? It's a vapor. It's here for a little time. And poof, it vanishes away. It's gone. So you've got the opportunity now. Rejoice in the Lord always. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads are bowed this morning. Our eyes are closed. Where's your rejoicing? Is your rejoicing in the things of this world? Is your rejoicing in uh, the people of this world? Is your rejoicing in your money, your education? What is your rejoicing in? If your rejoicing is in the things of this world, it's going to wane. It's going to fail. Rejoice in the Lord, and it'll never fail, because He never fails. Rejoice in the Lord, it'll last forever, because He lasts forever. That's where our rejoicing ought to be. Get your perspective right and put a smile on your face. Maybe you're here this morning, you're not saved. You've never placed your faith and trust in Christ. Can I tell you this morning, God loves you? Jesus Christ loved you so much that He died on the cross, was buried and rose again the third day so that you could have life. And that you could have it more abundantly. God has provided the way. The way is Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the way. If you've never done so, I encourage you this morning, place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and He will save you. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed, instruments playing this morning, hymn invitation.